When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Relationship Theory. I'm your co-host Tom Bilyeu and I'm here with my lovely co-host, my wife. Hey baby. The love of my life. Hello. Elizabeth. What's up, homie? Yeah, you called me Elizabeth twice today. Yeah. I gave you the full Charolambus treatment earlier. You charolambus me. I said I married Elizabeth Diana Charolambus, because oh, that's well. actually true. That is. So there it is. Yeah. Should welcome we dive to the right show. in? I think we welcome should. Welcome to the show. Exactly. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. <laughs> I want to be on Impact Theory main show just so I can... So you can get the intro? Yeah, in fact, should we do that? Oh, not be on the show, but can you just do like write an intro for me? And it yeah, takes you like those three are hours. Easy. <laughs> but for everyone on the podcast, I know they want to hear the intro you would give me as well. Yeah. So um, let's put that in the books. Let's put it in the schedule. Nice, yeah. That's why guests come on. It's for your epic intros. It is becoming a thing, yeah. yeah. All right, let's get down to relationships. Let's do it. Here we go. All right, guys. Well, thank you for listening. Um, and we are now accepting questions at connect at impacttheory.com. So if you have a question for us, we will answer it happily. If you want to stay anonymous, you can also stay anonymous. But yeah, that is connect at impacttheory.com. All right, let's Word. get down to it. Yep. First question. This is from Michelle. How can I help my boyfriend increase his emotional intelligence and emotional maturity? Oof. It is not something that he wants to do from what I understand, or maybe it is just not important to him because it's so uncomfortable. However, I feel this is essential for us to be better at communicating. We've been dating for almost two years, long distance, the three hours apart. Mm. We first met and dated for four months about five years ago when we lived in the same city, and then we moved and we reconnected two years ago. I'm 39 and he is uh, 38. Neither of us have been married or have kids, but have held... Uh, have had prior long-term relationships. We love each other and I want to move forward. However, I need to have that communication and emotional intelligence and it just doesn't seem um, important or a priority to him. We did two sessions with a couple's therapist and thought it was going well and then he didn't want to go back anymore. Any advice would be greatly appreciated. Well... Can I start with something really cheesy? But the sure. cheesy things become cheesy because they're so true. Mm. And that is it takes two to tango. And if he's not willing to do the work, that's really troubling. And so we just had Michael Gervais on Impact Theory, a sports psychologist, amazing guy. And he was so raw and vulnerable about what he and his wife went through. And uh, early-ish in their marriage, they'd been together for a long time because they got together in high school, I think. But early-ish in their marriage, she had sent up warning signs saying, hey, I need you to pay more attention to the relationship. He wasn't feeling the burn, so he didn't mm. think too much of it until one day she comes to him and says, I don't know how to be me in this relationship. It's over. And 
and he had to move out and he thought this is it and they go to a therapist at his request and the therapist says uh, I've never seen two people fight this much this is crazy I'm gonna ask one simple question and the simple question is do you want to do the work together because you both need work do you want to do the work together or do you want to do it with someone else yeah because at some point to get in a good relationship you're gonna to need to do the work no matter right. what and so they've got to ask that so it's pretty clear that mm -hmm. they both need work that's why the relationship is struggling um, you've got one person that is ready, wants to do it, and I think the other person has to really answer the question, if you accept that you have to do work and you have to improve if you ever want to have a good relationship, then the hard question is, is this the person you want to do the work with? Yeah, and I think you make a good point because um, often like couples aren't feeling the same thing, right? You're going through the same experience, but one may feel the burn and the other may mm. not, and we found that where I definitely, and I know myself well enough, and you know that I feel the burn way before you do on how busy we've gotten and that mm. I don't feel connected to you. And so it doesn't even cross your mind. And it's not that you're um, neglectful or you're just you know, a, um, oblivious. It's just you, you're not feeling it, so you don't think about it. And once upon a time, that actually used to bother me. Like, mm. aren't you feeling it too? Like, I would feel like I'm alone in this. Like, do you not care about me right. as much as I care about you? And the truth is, it's not that at all. It's just we both have different um, tipping points. So we've come up, you know, with a kind of conclusion that I'm the one that needs to vocalize when I feel that we're at that tipping point. And you're always very respectful back. And I think that's a big key for couples as well, is even if you're not feeling it, to show respect and have that respect with um, right. for the other person that they are so you're right asking that question of is he willing to do the work and does he respect her in that sense to say okay i may not feel like we need therapy anymore like the two sessions were great like maybe that's his response i don't know but if she still feels like they've got a long way to go she needs to explain that hopefully she has but if not, explain that to him and kind of, you know, say, hey, I still need this for us to get to this point. Um, and I think that that type of communication, um, you have to be receptive to it. And I think that's where also problems lie, where people just aren't open to listening to, you know, them not doing a good enough job, because then I think you can take it personally. So. No question. Yeah. I mean, you, you really hit it on the, the head. And, um, I, yeah, the, the hard reality is some people just aren't interested in it like that. And maybe it's a simple case of he's just not that into you. And maybe there is a person that he'd be willing to do that for. Um, and, and maybe it's like in the question, this is a question of emotional maturity. And maybe he's not there yet. Mm. And so then it's like, I don't know. At some point you have to cross the bridge of is this work worth it for me at this time in my life with this person and that's it and you've got to answer those three questions and also what i find um i used to talk to you about this a lot where people would say you know um would ask oh how do you and tom like have you survived so long even you know when we we're married for five years it was like right. wow what's your secret and it's like it's hard work and i remember someone saying to me well relationships shouldn't be work yeah and I just thought, are you crazy? Like, why would you spend so much time, effort, and energy on your business? Why you spend time and effort on help on raising your child? Maybe. I don't understand. So, that question is so absurd to me. Yeah, and so, but it's always seen as a negative. And I think that I can't remember where I was talking to someone recently, and I literally was like, but if 
you agree that relationship is important to you, why not put that time and energy into fixing it? Because they think that love is, is magic and that when you fall in love, is a, it is one of the deep mysteries mm. of the universe, that it happens mm. automatically. It is something akin to a religious experience and that it, it is the sign that that person is who you're meant to be with. Well, you fell in love and it's a mystical, transcendent mm. experience that's unlike anything else humans are ever going to experience and it should be effortless. And if it's not effortless, then it's not magical. And if it's right. not magical, why am I doing this? And, and that's such a bizarre fairy tale notion of what love really is. Mm. And I think people like that get stuck in the cycle of when that initial neurochemical cocaine-like part of the relationship is over, they then want to move on to the next. Or they just expect their partner to conform to them. And that's why it's not work because mm. they do what I say. Um, both of those are destined to fail and is utter insanity when I hear it for the reasons that you just said, which is, okay, you put all this effort into everything else. Why exactly is this one thing? But it's because of what I said. They, they actually think it's kind of like a religious experience. But also I do think that when you first meet somebody, your chemicals and emotions do take over and it does feel somewhat effortless. Yeah, for sure. But that's like... It to, doesn't last, for sure. Exactly. That's mm. to misunderstand the nature of neurochemistry. Mm. Like no neurochemical state ever, ever, ever persists. The only state that I can think of that really persists in a terrifying way is depression. Mm. And so it's not the... It's just not the way of things. Like you just don't stay in one place mm. like that. The relationship evolves, like just looking at it from an evolutionary standpoint, the difference between males and females and what they're reproductively incentivized to do. It's crazy. Like literally you can look at the, the size of a male's testicles across the species and understand that we fall somewhere between purely monogamous and um, just you know purely uh, how wide can you spread your seed. So we're not on the far extreme where it's like a bull's testicles, which are gigantic <laughs> and they hang to their so knees because this is so talked about in the space of evolutionary sexuality. <clears throat> and they, they'll like put up graphs and they'll show you wow. the most monogamous are over here and they have tiny testicles because there's no sperm competition. And then the gigantic testicles over here because all the males are just running around trying to impregnate as many females mm. as possible. And then, hey, why not? Let's talk about the shape of the male penis, which is designed to create suction inside the vagina and has a, uh, the shape of the head, which is actually meant, sorry, I should have said, if there are kids in the car and you're listening to this, <laughs> now is very late. much time <laughs> to uh, plug some ears here, boys and girls. Um, but... It, it's designed to remove any other um, semen that's present. So it's like, ah, uh, like that freaked me out when I first heard it, but it's pretty hard to look at the anatomy of it and go, no, that's not what it's designed for. It is a very specific shape for a very specific reason. So when you start looking at it from that perspective, you start to see what all plays into neurochemically why love is a transient moment mm. and why the sort of effortless period is pegged at about two years because that's about how long it takes to get a woman pregnant, have the child, and raise it to some level of self-sustaining. So not that it, you know, is a 15-year-old and, and can go out and hunt for itself, but it, it isn't in that, like, if you walk away from it, it will just die. Hmm. Um, it can get up, it can walk around, it can cry, it can communicate right. to some extent. Um, so, yeah. It's 
fascinating. Yeah, so like looking at all that and then saying, oh, but it just should happen magically with no effort. Good luck. Yeah, just doesn't work like that. Um, I took us some real weird places, I know, our kids. I was, to be honest, I was kind of impressed because we talk about this sort of thing all the yeah, time. But um, it's yeah. because we don't have a live audience now. I feel like we can really That's let our hair down. That's interesting. So I can trick myself into it's... thinking nobody's listening. <laughs> um, all right, next question. This is from Joshua Martel. Our oh, boy. What's up, Joshua? Tom and I. Tom, <laughs> sorry, I read it wrong. Tom. I just started a long-distance relationship with someone that I met over the internet. How do you think our relationship... Oh, sorry. How do you think your relationship with Lisa would have been different with technology aiding in connection, text and video chatting, etc.? So I'll preface it by saying Tom and I have been together for so long that back when we first met, there was no internet. Well, there was internet, I guess. It was email. email. So, um, yeah. I think it would have helped tremendously, mm -hmm. but I will say there is actually a benefit to distance, a benefit to, um, I won't say lack of technology because you probably still get a lot of this benefit, but the, the reason that they say absence makes the heart grow fonder is you get what you obsessively think about. And so if you obsessively think about how much you love this person and you miss them and oh my God, life is a torture without them, it, it's actually good for the relationship and it, it you're working yourself up into a lather about how much you care about that person and love them and hunger for them and burn for them and all of that yearning is awesome and that that is feeding that fire that i talk about building something into a fire and absence gives you the chance to do that there's no real world feedback there's no disappointments there's no goofy hair in the morning there's no oh they didn't put the kettle on for me right there's none of that there's only the pure idolized um version of themselves mm. of the other person so it that can actually be really powerful and i remember having to decide to lean into that when you would leave because i thought emotionally i will suffer less if i switch off to you mm. so um to let everybody know we the part i'm thinking about now is actually specifically after we were married and she would go home to her family and you'd be gone let's say for three weeks or something around christmas yeah before and you would join me exactly so we would be separated two to three weeks and it would be really, really hard for me. And I would find it hard to concentrate at work because I would just be thinking about you all the time and like, oh God, there are so many days still and I was going to go home and you weren't going to be there. And it was just misery because I was thinking about how much I loved you and love being around you and how you make every day better. And I thought, if I just switch off and when you leave, I just like stop thinking about you. I thought this would be so much easier because I could do that. I would actually be really good at that. And I would just compartmentalize you. I'd think about you very little. And I would just focus on what I was doing, pour myself into work, really get into it. And I thought, that is so dangerous. And the moment that I allow myself to break that connection, to not be obsessing over you, to not be driving myself emotionally closer and closer and closer to you, that that's how that beginning fissure of, oh, I guess I don't really need this person. Like, I was just fine doing my work. That's how it all starts to happen. And so I was like, that is a mistake. And I continue to this day, if I'm without you, to fan the flames of like, oh my God, I can't wait to see her. This is horrifying. I hate being away from you. And that's actually really, really powerful. I remember when we actually, um, when that first happened and because there wasn't really texting or, or any Skype calls or anything like that, it's like all I could do was either phone you or email you. Um, and I remember once when, like, because I, I was with my family and I was 
it was like we were going out every night and because of the time difference I wasn't calling you enough in mm. the time when you were awake and I remember you got annoyed with me and I was like but babe like I'm with my family like I you know I'm out I'm at my sisters whatever and I remember think like saying to you um, I need less stress like you need to put less right. pressure on me and you said babe I could do that I could absolutely switch that off in my brain and you I, would, I wouldn't bother you about wanting to talk to you you could be but I don't want to do that and the reason why is exactly what you explained and it's so hard to like how do you, how do you argue with that it's like that's so romantic um, and no, I don't want you to switch off. So it was really interesting in understanding that you were purposely holding on to that, which was actually really nice. And then we came to an agreement. Okay, well, what if we speak at this time? And but it was very interesting to see how you were, you know, dealing with that. Um, so, but I think that nowadays it's a lot easier being able to do Skype, Skype calls. Skype calls but in saying that, though, when you're away on business, we like barely ever talk to each other. Yeah, but that's very truncated. It's not a long time. Yeah. And I'm usually going so ham that by the time I get back to the room, I am literally just getting ready and going to bed. Mm. Um, so it's very different than if that were the one way that I sustained myself, the one that's time where I really got to connect and talk to you. It, would be, it, it really makes a big difference to be able to see the person. Going back to what you said about absence makes the heart grow fonder. Mm. Um, the other day, do you remember I came up to you in the early morning and I just hugged you from behind and gave yeah, you a big to new... the point where you pinned my arm down. I yes. did, yeah. It was a bit of an aggressive hug. It was an aggressive um, hug. And I really felt, because even though we see each other every day, we work with each other, like we barely interact as husband and wife mm. during the week. Yeah. So I, I almost feel like we're not with each other as husband and wife. And I just got out of the gym a couple of days ago and I was like, I don't feel like I've seen my husband. And I started feeling that burn mm. of like being away from you. And so literally when I, the second I saw you, I was like, I just need to hug him. Um, and so I got all the endorphins that I needed to get me back to square one. But nice. um, yeah, I think um, if you're having a long distance relationship, figuring out what those reconnection things are for each other and making sure that you're kind of delivering on those. Um, because if you, if I had said to you, babe, every morning I just need a hug mm. um, because I don't feel connected with you. Like, I'd need to articulate that to you because you may, you're not thinking it. And then, you know, giving you the opportunity to then really reciprocate and give me that hug. Yeah, 100%. So. All right, next question. This comes from um, Chase Hernandez. What are some good talks to have or communication paths to go down with a new relationship that has some temporary distance? Well, that's actually really interesting. So I think that you're asking a really powerful question. And I think taking any moment that you have to write down questions, things you want to know that you're intrigued by, um, I think is, is an awesome way we made a list of questions. Um, these questions are somewhat dangerous. They're high impact, high risk questions, um, but you can download them at impacttheory.com. Michelle, yeah. cool. Um, so is there a forward slash they should head to? There is. But we don't know it off the top of our head. So go, go to impacttheory.com. You'll be able to find it. There'll be a link to it. Um, but it's our, our relationship um, questions. questions. I think there's 28 of them or something like that. Um, those are a really powerful place to start. But then you can also, depending on what the mood, the vibe needs, 
create your own questions that are designed to elicit a fun or funny or sexy response, mm. um, depending on you know where you want to take things. Um, that can be a lot of fun and really getting into a good place where you're both being vulnerable, you're being honest, um, and the question is going to determine the tenor of the call. So pick the types of questions that are appropriate for that moment. That moment yeah. So you know, if she's at work, probably not time for the sexy questions. Um, and if you guys have been having, you know, you're both feeling the burn, you're really missing each other, asking sort of the hard, scary questions, probably not the best. Asking the fun, playful, or future-facing, like, what would you do in this scenario? What, you know, where do you see us in five years, ten years, like that kind of thing. That can be a lot of fun. And we used to talk endlessly about things like, what would we name a daughter if we had a daughter? What would we name a son? Do you want a daughter? Do you want a son? Like, you can only mm-hmm, have one. Mm-hmm. Like, things like that were a lot of fun to debate back and forth, yeah. and um, all of that. And, and is a way to have important conversations, but in a somewhat light and fun way. Yeah. And methods of communication. Like me and you have very different communication habits and like I hate the phone. So if anyone's actually listening that actually knows my number and is calling me like and I don't answer it, the chances because I hate it so I just keep my phone on like nighttime so I don't even hear it ring. Mm. Um but that I need to communicate because if you're calling me and I just don't find it like I don't find that as a best way to communicate yeah, with you. Yeah, here's the good news. I hate the phone too. I know, you do so too. So that makes it nice and easy. But even, all right, then let's take texting then. Yeah. Um, sometimes I'll text you and you're in a rush or you're busy and you write K, as in the letter K. Yeah, but I love texting the most. Right, I'm and just saying. And it makes me laugh that you're so horrified by K. I am horrified by K. It makes me, that's um, so funny. And so, but again, like, it, because you don't see it as a thing, you don't think about it. But I honestly, like, just put an O in front of it. Just put an O. Just do an okay. <laughs> but the K almost is like... It's maximum it, efficiency. It is maximum. Like, you can get it down to one letter? That's amazing. <laughs> but for me, I don't like it. I feel and I like... I never... And it's so rare. I only do it by accident. But it's because I've you. told you about it. Yes. Because you always text business people, people in your yep. circle, you guys, like, and maybe it's just a male thing, I don't want to necessarily be stereotypical, but I have noticed men do that a lot, where they'll just do a, a K. And you did it to me a couple of times, and I don't interpret it in that way, so I'm just very honest and open about, babe, I don't like it, it doesn't right. make me feel like you're taking the time to actually read my text, you're brushing Word. me off. And so communicating like that, especially in your in a relationship, and a relationship where you don't know the person, like you're gonna get such weird vibes through texts where mm-hmm. you're like not sure how to interpret it. Sometimes I still don't know how to interpret your texts. Right. And I know you so well, so I'm like, is he annoyed? You know, so then you start using emojis, but then even emojis, some people use like the gritted teeth one that to me is a gritted I teeth, it's not a smile. <laughs> Guys, everybody, the teeth clenched one. Is a teeth clenched? Yeah. But again, things like that when you're starting out can make a difference in a relationship. Um, so yeah, we'll define your emojis. Define your, define emojis, your emojis. Define your one-letter responses, um, yep. and then yeah, be clear about how you want to communicate, whether it's texting or emails or stuff like that. Like when I see an email come through to you, I'm like, oh my god, what's happened? Who's hacked his computer? Because yeah, you never very, email. Yeah, wise response. Yeah. All right, we got some. Would you rather? Would you rather? Would you rather? All right. Would you rather have a long-distance relationship that starts online or have a long-distance relationship that continues? continued after one person moved oh probably moved definitely moved because you can kind of get that you have a much deeper sense of where you're at in the relationship Mm -hmm. because proximity 
speeds a relationship up like a thousandfold. Mm -hmm. Yeah, agreed. Um, a fan submitted Would You Rather, which, by the way, we do love That's it. So dope. if you guys have any Would You Rathers that you want us to answer, submit them at connect at impacttheory.com. All right, so a uh, fan submitted from Emily Madge. I think that's how you pronounce her last name. All right. Would you rather have great sex life with an unemotional partner or have a poor sex life with a supportive partner? Wow. I know my answer. Yeah. Poor oh. sex life because I can always teach you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, I always try to answer these as if they are a permanent state. Aww. I know. That makes them that's harder. That's just such a fixed mindset. <laughs> that's the point of the question. The questions are meant to be hard as hell. Uh, and but I would still rather it would suck. But I would still rather have a supportive partner and really feel connected to somebody emotionally. Yeah. Even if the sex was a little lame, and I know how true that is because if I really where are you going with that, Mr. Billy? <laughs> no, because think about this. I'm going exactly here. You will get this in an instant. When you really love somebody and you're supportive and you want them to win and all that, mm. and if they're really bad at sex, you'd just be like, it's okay, it's okay. Like, I love you so much. I feel so connected. Like, you would, you would almost feel for them and feel bad and want them to be okay. And it's like, no, 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 it's fine. I don't need the orgasm every time. You know what I mean? Like, you, 100%, that's what it would be like. And you would really feel it. Like, you'd be, you'd be bummed, to be sure. I like this sure. non-lie Facebook but Tom like, Beck, by the way. It, I don't lie on our live ones. No, you don't lie. But, but you I'll... just said no lie. Live, face, oh, no, no live. Yeah. I was gonna say, easy there, homie. <laughs> but yeah. Oh no, keep going. That was it. Oh. Just um, yeah. Period. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I agree, but I'd still want to try and train you. I wouldn't <laughs> give up. Ah, <laughs> uh, your personality at work. <laughs> Relentless. No, it's not quite what I mean. Just like Persistent. you, you are so stubborn, you can't allow even a would you rather question to be framed in a way that like you can't do something about it. Like you just can't exist in that world. I can't. All right, next would you rather. Would you rather drive five hours every day to see your partner for an hour and only see your partner one, one day a week? One day a week for sure. Five hours is a nightmare yeah. that I would not endure. Hmm. It's so inefficient. Yeah, I'd have to agree a tough one wow that one's not tough for me yeah all right i'll go with that just as long as you're not making me to making me all right so um last question this is from karen Kristen hampton how do you tactfully end communication with someone that you don't connect with on all levels i have someone i'm talking to that is interesting but i constantly feel like i'm having to censor myself around him and that's making me feel like i'm not myself well, I think you have two choices in this scenario. One, it could be a really good learning experience for you to now instantly, overnight, immediately start being completely uncensored around this person and see what happens. Mm. And maybe it turns into the most amazing relationship ever. And all of a sudden he feels he could be candid. And you guys are like, oh my God, I can't believe we didn't try this sooner. Um, because that's really how you should be with anybody mm. that you're trying to have a relationship with. Um, but if you've already tried that and somehow, some way we're living in a world where they just are not receptive to that, don't want that, whatever, then be tactful, say exactly what you just said in the question. Yeah. Don't beat around the bush. Um, do them the courtesy of being direct, compassionate and honest. And I think that's the, the way any relationship should end. Yeah. Yeah. I, in that question, I actually thought the same thing. Like, has she actually tried to be honest? And 
um, be herself completely because like maybe that's why they're not connecting because she mm. feels like she has to hold something back so she can't fully give herself over. Um, and I think that that's for me and you why our first date was so magical mm. because neither of us had any airs and graces. Airs and graces. Airs and graces. Airs and graces. Um, fist bump. Um, because I just thought, hey, this is going to be a fun summer fling with this hot American mm. dude. And you're thinking, she has to legally leave the country. This is amazing. Like a woman that's not going to get attacked. So we went to our first date, like just purely ourselves. Um, and maybe that's why we connected so much because we didn't try 100%. to pretend. Um, and I remember like still to this day when on that first date where you were so honest and you were saying all these things about guys and what guys are really like and just who you were as a human being. And I was, no one had ever been that like honest with me on our first date before. And I felt it. I felt, I felt it. Not that you were trying to like, you know, schmooze me. And it's mm. the schmoozing that starts feeling weird that makes you feel disconnected with somebody. Um, and so I think a lot of people suffer from that, especially when they first started dating, because you're trying to be the perfect person or the perfect date, and then you're not fully yourself, and that means that you can't then fully engage. So yeah, I would say definitely just give it a shot. Like try to be yourself and see how they receive it. And if you you know start to feel uncomfortable because they're not receiving it in the way that you're hoping, then just be honest and break up. Mm. Word. Word. Totally with you on that one. That's all, folks. Awesome. All right, guys. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode of Relationship Theory. And know that we're always taking questions. So if you want to submit them, write into connect at impacttheory.com. We're taking questions at all times. Would love to include you. And by the way, you can follow this beautiful woman at... Lisa Billy on Instagram, pretty much. At Lisa Billy on Instagram. You can follow me at, at Tom Billy on Instagram or YouTube for those of you that YouTube out there pumping or out Facebook, that content. Or Facebook, or Twitter. You're all Exacto over the place you mundo. are. Um, if you and, haven't already. Oh, I was about to say. And away. if anyone that's listening has topics, suggestions that they really want us to touch on, which ones they found interesting, please, we love the feedback. Um, and then also please rate and review this podcast. Amazing. Word. Amazing. We would appreciate it if we brought value. That rate and review helps more than you know. All right, guys. Thank you so much. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe. And until next time, be legendary. Take care. Later. Everybody, thank you so much for listening. And if this content is delivering value to you, please go to iTunes, go to Stitcher, rate and review us. That helps us build this community. And that is what we are all about right now building this community as big as we can to help as many people as we can deliver as much value as possible. And you guys rating and reviewing really helps with that. All right, guys, thank you again so much. And until next time, my friends, be legendary. Take care.